This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. We've got an incredibly violent show for you this evening. Um, (laughs) Our first three films are bloodthirsty, to say the least. Kicking off with Project Wolf Hunting. Then we have uh, Shadow Master and Bermuda Island. Then things tamed down a little bit with The Long Night. And then we round off with something a bit sweeter, Jethika. Our short shot this week is Yay, Blind Samurai Woman. And then we round off with our DTV throwback, Crocodile, directed by Toby Hooper. So without further ado, let's crack on. Our first review, then, is Project Wolf Hunting. The Korean government decides to hire a freighter ship to transport 47 criminals covertly from the Philippines back to Korea. 30 seasoned police officers are on board to escort the convicts to Busan, but it soon transpires that they're in no match for the psychopathic gangster Park Jun-do, who has orchestrated an escape plan. Meanwhile, down in the bowels of the ship, another threat is soon waking up. I think it has long been established, guys, that the the film The Night Comes For Us is probably the most bloodthirsty sort of action thriller out there. I can't think of anything else um, which has come close to, even like the Raid films don't come close to how gory and bloody um, The Night Comes For Us was. And it seems to me that the director of this kind of looked at that film and went, hold my beer, because this is carnage. You know, um, what it, it starts off quite sedately, um, but once things kick off, they kick off, and it is ridiculously bloody. I was a bit worried about you, Steve, because I know you're a bit squeamish. Um, how you're actually going to get on with this one? Uh, so, yeah. how did you how did you get on with this one? Um, to be honest, I wasn't over enthralled with it. To be fair. Um, I think what kind of give it the all clear with me was it was very, very cartoonish, the bloodletting. You know, it, was, it wasn't. It was like old manga stuff, you know, old anime, yeah. like um, Fist of the North Star or something like that, you know, geese yeah, of blood. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And it was just, yeah, you know, you get like one stab into the back and there's like 20, 20 litres of blood pumping out, you know, <laughs> spurting out all over the place, stuff like that. And to be honest, about halfway through, I just got a bit bored with it, to be fair. Um, it just, it was the same thing over and over again. And it was, I just found it very uneven as well. You know, I get the, you know, shipping the, the criminals back to Busan or wherever it was. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the crims taking over the, the ball, and then but then this guy just turns up out of nowhere, you know, and starts pulling heads off and ripping arms out and smacking people around with 
the head with the arm that he's just ripped off him. And he just, you know, it got, got to that point. And I'm thinking, okay, the okay, it's got to be over soon. Nope, there's an hour left. <laughs> Come on. And it just seems to be repeating, you know, it's just violence for violence sake, really. And it didn't do much for me, I'll be honest. I thought, you know, it was well made and well shot and everything. And I thought the, the, the gore effects were done really, really well. But I think it was the story that let it down for me. There was just nothing else to it, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Rich? Do you get on with this one? Yeah, I did. Uh, I, I I liked it a lot. The um, it's it's I there are aspects of it that I think are problematic, uh, and I'm not sure. You know, I, I'm not sure what they were going for. I sort of I sort of get it, but at the same time, uh, it sort of did lose a little bit of focus. I'll get into that in a minute. But the yeah, it, it kind of it's a film that is like a, a load of other films kind of put together. Uh, and it's and it starts out, you know. You think you kind of think you at, at, all through the film. You're trying to work out what this film is, and you think it's that with well, that, and then it's like, oh no, it's actually changing now, and think everything keeps changing. So one of the key things about the movie is it's got a huge cast and no real protagonist. Hmm. Uh, that there, there's and hmm. in a way, no real villain because the goalposts keep moving throughout the whole running time. Uh, and and there's, I dare say there's not a huge amount of resolution, even by the time you come to the end, but what, so it, it sort of shifts again at that point, but the, that's not a bad thing. Cause that sort of gives, I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully see, see where it goes next. But the, um, it starts out and you think it's going to, it's, you think it's established. It's a bit like the psycho thing. You think it's establishing one character mm. and then, it actually goes nope <laughs> it's not it's not that one a bit like what the hunt did to an extent i don't know if yes. you saw the hunt oh yeah it's yeah. like oh here's your hero for the oh no it's not no, it's no. like oh no this is here's the hero. no no it's not but the uh not in such an obvious way yeah uh, or, just, or the suicide squad was another one that did that didn't it yeah yeah, yeah. set up a whole team and then laid waste to them yeah yeah so they set up um all this so yes so the initially it's con air on a ship Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it become, and then sort of, the, you know, they've got these really nasty gangster characters and stuff. And uh, but the 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 violent, the tone of the violence, the sort of extreme level of it, is established very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like whether sort of the gunshots or whatever, but the the blood is, I mean, blood pools mm-hmm. all the time. It, there's so much blood pooling every time someone gets killed, uh, and it's uh it become it's very you know it becomes very stabby quite quickly mm-hmm. and stuff so the um i liked the look of it i like the, the the characters are you know very interesting and uh the that what um steve was talking about like the hour mark kind of thing mm-hmm. the, the whole film shifts it, it changes into a completely different movie about halfway point mm-hmm. so it, this is this is almost like two movies in one <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's a multiple movies actually but if yeah. you cut it down it's sort of like here we get to the halfway point and things are going to go off the rails it's almost uh, not like, off the rails but you know yeah it's it's almost have you seen um blazing saddles yeah mm, long time you, 
you know, you know how at the end the sort of like, you know, they end up falling into another film, like literally, yeah. you know, where yeah. they really got the big. It's almost like that with this guy sort of like stumbling from his own film into this one, you know. Yeah. And just laying carnage to it for the rest of it. Well, it is. I mean, it, it starts out. It, it's a fairly standard, at, uh, you know, thriller mm. slash yeah, action yeah. movie. I and mean, I would have been fine with it. I would have been. And then fine it turns into it, it goes like full on horror movie. Yeah. In yeah. the sort of the second the second half, as it were. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to say too much because it it will it will spoil it. But the um and that's one of the great things about watching is like that you really just don't know what's what's coming. Yep. Uh, I'll get into some stuff uh, a bit more, but first I want to go back to 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 you, Mike, to to sort of get your uh, feelings on it. Yeah, I I did love this. I, I must I, I do uh, sympathise with Steve. I I did feel parts of it were overly relentless. I mean. You know, if you talk about numbers, there are 47 convicts and there are 30 yeah. cops plus all of the actual ship's crew. And this film isn't isn't scared to lay waste to all of them. You've got the teams, other teams of characters get involved as well. All sorts going on. Yeah, there's all sorts going on. It's like, you know, call in the reserves. And, you know, it's almost like Monty Python or, or like, you know, it, it, it's just relentless, the amount of carnage in this film. Um, there, there is one error, I want to say, um, and, and I don't know if any either of you picked up on this. At one point, um, somebody sort of reads out the this character's MO and sort of says, oh, they only attack if they feel threatened or, or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's one particular yeah. character that, they, that he kills immediately who is like, at, you know, in no way at all a threat to him because they're already sort of tied up and you know at the back of the room sort of thing. And but but he's you know he singles that person out straight away and kills them. Thinking, well, that you know you're talking bullshit then, aren't you? Basically, yeah. as, as, as to what he's doing. Um, but I, I did like it. I have noticed with certain um, Korean films like The Witch Two, for example, hmm. um, and few others a bit like sort of spirit walker i think was another one a bit like this where you get like four fifths of the way into the film and then it goes oh we haven't told you what's going on yet have we <laughs> you know yeah we haven't yeah, given exactly, you the exposition yeah. or backstory and they cram no. it in right at the end of the film because yeah. you know it is well there's certain as events happen in this film which uh you know give give way but it's like no we we Let's let's sort of focus on the carnage first, and then we'll explain why later. Uh, and they leave it almost to the last minute. You know, by that point, you, you've sort of lost the plot as, as to who you are following. And it, and it is, you know, it is pure eye candy for a lot of it. It's like, yeah, there's these great sort of setups and situations going on, um, like the whole thing with the lift and everything. Thought that was really cool. Um, and there's some good sort of shootout moments, but. You know, it's it's difficult to sort of sympathise with anyone for for any length of time because because this this you know this thing is is just relentless. So yeah, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> so I want to sort of uh, highlight a few things that I think are either influences on this mm-hmm. film 
or would be good touchstones for people to sort of connect with and say to sort of give them an idea of what this is. Yeah. So not necessarily influences, but tonally. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe so. In the initial setup, although you've got the con air bit, the mm-hmm. whole idea of the transporting of a dangerous criminal, but there's also something else on board. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say Nicholas Cage. I'm going to say Primal. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first thing that came to mind. But then I. But in terms of the sort of uh, the, the the look of the film mm-hmm. and some of the themes and the excess violence of the film, I would say Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning mm-hmm. is a really good sort of a, a comparison for some of that. But in terms of in t- more specifically, in terms of the sort of like overly graphic cartoon, I mean, I know, I know Day of Reckoning was quite violent anyway, but more than that, I think this film owes a certain debt to the story of Ricky. Yes. Which, because uh, it, it has that ov- almost cartoonish level of extreme, mm. you know, extreme violence of, yeah, literally limbs getting pulled off and, and stuff like that, yeah. which seems to be related to that. So I would say they're sort of some of the films that I would think. I also thought in terms of the sort of unpredictability, very different kind of movie, but also kind of tangentially connected for me to the to day of reckoning would make a good double bill uh, is the guest because that was a movie that kind of you weren't quite sure where it was going and then it kind of wrong foots you and then it becomes something else and there's also themes of experiments and stuff going on it in it as well um so i i put i mean i put the guest and day of reckoning as quite an interesting kind of double bill but if, yeah. for more specifically uh, uh day of reckoning primal and ricky oh uh mm-hmm. And you um, and Conair, obviously, stick those all in a kind of a blender, and 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 uh, maybe with a bit of um, oh, what's it? What's what's the one with uh, God? Uh, maybe like with a little bit of old boys kind of mm-hmm. relentless sort of you know hammer scene kind of corridor thing, a little bit of that in there as well. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's sort of that's the sort of mixture we've got here. It's two hours. I was a bit. I, I turned. I put it on, and I was like, oh God, two hours. But I was really, I, w- I was really engaged with it. I was personally, um, really, yeah, um, I was engaged I with it this. the whole time. I had to take a couple of breaks, but um, for the most part, I was. Really, it's such a, it's a blockbuster, you know. It's a really big, yeah. you know, po- big production. They've got, they've, it's, um, it's, it's what we've come to expect from Korean action cinema. You yeah. know, it's, uh, it's really, uh, it, it's kind of quite familiar. It's stuff you've seen before. But it's doing it's it's got a little bit of a unique angle to it and and some I mean I say I don't want to spoil it but some of the stuff just goes a bit wild in this so it's really got to be seen and yeah. it's on the um, uh, Icon Film Channel uh, yeah. on the it's like uh, it's been picked as like a like a a premium release it's actually going to get a cinema release later but uh, initially it's just uh, just available as as like a um, a subscription a subscribers yeah, benefit kind icon. of movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so so it's got that. As you say, it's going to be a limited cinema release following that, mm-hmm. and then eventually, uh, Kaleidoscope UK will be releasing releasing it as well. On so, Blu-ray, I would expect because yeah, this Blu-ray. is like, like this oh, kind yeah, of movie yeah. needs a Blu-ray release. Yeah, in the states, it's been released by. Is it Wellgo uh, USA? Yes, it is. Yeah, they they picked it up in the states. So yeah, it's it's coming out. So so definitely. Um, get hold of it. If you're interested in seeing anything else by director Hing Sun Kim, um, he also did a film called The Chase, 
which mm-hmm. is available on Netflix, and it is a very good film. It's about a uh, an elderly landlord who discovers that a serial killer is knocking off his tenants, and and tries to sort of solve the mystery. And find, it, it is a really really good film, definitely worth sort of checking out. And and miles apart from the carnage on show here, you know. Um, I think he he did sort of go out of his way to make the most bloodthirsty film he could, as, as just a you know just for shits and giggles, basically. But um, guys, on that note, how are we going to score this? Over to Steve. Um, I would give it a six. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'll be honest, I'm sat there watching it. I'm thinking, you two are going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not wrong. I mean, yeah. it, so you know, it's only February. And but I can see this, you know, in in the an orbit early contender. Of my, it's a contender, isn't it? An early contender. It's definitely in the orbit of my top ten for the year. I reckon so. So it definitely probably in the top top ten for the first six months. We'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, this is an eight for me. And Rich, and an eight from me. Yeah, two eights and a six for Project Wolf Hunting. You'll find links for how you can watch this in the footnotes below. Go check it out. Our next review is Shadowmaster. A young man takes the job of night watchman at a disused hospital, now used as low-class accommodation. When he falls foul of the demonic Four Horsemen, a deal is made with a god of death so he can protect the ex-hospital's residents. Okay, so, you know, the, the best I could sort of classify this film is like a gothic uh, martial arts movie. It is very sort of dark and dank, um, you know, it's sort of shot in these sort of dark corridors. Um, the, you know, the four horsemen, the, the, these characters wear these sort of very grotesque sort of masks, sort of, you know, a bit of sort of, Mexican Day of the Dead mixed with other sort of cultures and things and, you know, a bit of Silent Hill kind of influence going on. Um, but my God, these guys hit hard is is my takeaway from this. Um, you know, whatever you can say about the rest of the film, um, the actual sort of action, the, the fight stuff, I haven't seen impacts like this since probably Tony Jaa's um, debut in On Back. What did you make of this one, Steve? Well, I thought the set design and the, you know, the filming is really good. The the fighting choreography was brilliant. The thing that laid it down for me was the actual story. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's got he's got this deal with the death demon or. Whatever, whatever, yeah. however you pronounce, you know. He who cannot be like, understood. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, it, and it's like every single fight, he dies. <laughs> yeah, and he either, he either me, dies or gets hamstring by the thing that's supposed to be helping him. It's, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, well, well, you've taken out all, you know, the tension, the suspense, mm. everything. You, you know what's coming in every single fight. And it just kind of, to me, made it a bit pointless, really, and slowed the story down. Because, like I say, it's really well constructed. Even you know, even performances are pretty damn good as well. It's just the actual 
the plot. It just mm. really lets lets the film down because there's nothing there after that. Yeah. Point, you know what's coming every single fight. Yeah. You know, and it just. It's, it's like the story keeps getting in the way of itself, isn't it, basically? Yeah, it's like a damp squib, you know. I don't know. It, 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 it just seems silly, what they've done. It, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's like every time it's a decent fight scene, you know, he either dies or, you know, he loses, so it gets mm. knocked unconscious or whatever, or he dies or he gets hurt. And he's sort of back being confronted by this death god who, who clearly hasn't done his job properly. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, oh, death god, you had one job to do, which is to give this guy power so he could overcome the other four horsemen. And you clearly, <laughs> either you, you've, um, you know, um, underestimated his or overestimated his uh, his abilities, or you, you're not giving enough juice, <laughs> you know, sort yeah. yourself yeah. out. But it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's, it stalls the film every time um, because, you know, the way they've done the voice of this thing is just incredibly annoying. Mm. You know, it, it, it sounds so low rent. Uh, it, yeah. it, oh, you know, it sounds like it's from the year 2000. It, it, it's, it's really, really annoying. Yeah. Um, but St- uh, sorry, Rich, what, how did you uh, get on with this one? I, I don't want to talk about one other aspect in a minute, but I'm sure you'll, you'll mm. come on to it. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. I see. Um, you mentioned on back of uh, this is um, it. They they did actually get a, a, a pressure PQ yeah. to, uh, as the executive. I think it's executive producer. So he's got his name on it basically. To, as a, as like he presents this. It's not a Thai film, uh, although there might be some uh, Thai financing or something in it. But it's basically a. It's your it's your standard kind of American sort of mid medium low yeah. budget kind of production uh, pretty low budget the the thing this is from uh director perry uh perry to yeah who <clears throat> who's an, whose name i've seen around a lot uh, over the last like 20 years uh but i know specifically uh, or the film i'm most was most familiar with was G- the gene generation i don't know if you oh, ever yeah. saw that one from uh about 2007 which was uh, starred by Ling, uh, and had a, it's got a kind of a similar kind of look and, and feel mm. to, to this one in to a degree. Um, yeah, I think he, I, I think yeah. I think Perry Tio's this film and his work in general reminds me of a lot of Albert Pune, uh, and yeah. I think you could sort of this one is kind of a dark gothic cyborg basically, mm. of mm. Uh, and it, it kind of has all those kind of post-apocalyptic movie kind of conventions you know people living you know they're all the people sort of living underground and you know the world's gone to hell and there's a there's a child and (laughs) and there's a woman and and, and all this sort of stuff and yeah that's kind of a bit more it's not that that interest it's not as interesting as the fights the fights elevate this they really do um uh the 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 guy uh, the guy who's the lead uh dy sal is great um he he's done a he did a film previous which i haven't seen yet he did a film with uh to uh called fast vengeance which had dmx in it which is available to rent it's got jeff fahey as well the um so i'm quite interested to see that one uh now that i've seen this which you read the synopsis and it it almost sounds like a similar kind of they're kind of like throwbacks almost like films from like 
the nineties, like you say, well, like like, yeah. like sorry, like, the like, like I said. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's got that sort of yeah. aesthetic. Post-apocalyptic kind of movies when they were, you know, when they were all the rage in the mm-hmm. in the sort of eighties, uh, nineties. We used to see a lot of this kind of, you know, hero wandering a wasteland. Yeah. American uh, cyborg. Yeah, American cyborg and all that sort of stuff. Um, so the aesthetic of the film is is a big benefit, and uh, as is the um, uh, the fight choreography, mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, a short film that we watched last year called Sifu, mm-hmm. based uh, basically a promotional film for a video game. That's right. Uh, called Sifu. That came to mind as a sort of a similar kind of thing. Um, but also, but the other, but the, on the flip side of that, as I, I thought this reminded me a lot of like a Hellraiser sequel. Like one yeah. of the, one of the, you know, well, one of yeah, the, the, the four horsemen, yeah, the, the four horsemen definitely saw do invoke that. I mean, you know, I mentioned Silent Hill. It mm. is that sort of thing. You know, they, they do feel like sort of end of level bosses um, to a certain degree, yeah. you know, they saw very sort of grotesque sort of masks and things they're wearing sort of very elaborate headwear. It look, mm. You know, they, they do have a really sort of cool look. Well, and the actual sort of cinematography of of the film and the locations and stuff as well also was kind of bringing bringing that to mind as well. Yeah. So yeah, we're in a we're in quite a low budget area, but it's quite a polished low budget. You know, everything's photographed really nicely, um, and say the choreography's to a good standard. So uh, the film was originally called and and it came up as the original Hanuman yep. Shadow Master, uh, and that's the uh, basically his character or the character he embodies is, mm. is the Hanuman. And, uh, I think, um, it's, it was, I don't think, I think it's got say issues with the storyline and stuff, but I think, you know, if you're coming in as a, as a martial arts movie fan, there's, pl- there's loads here. Oh, you would definitely appreciate what they do. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. lots. They, they've achieved a lot. It's definitely one of the, one of the best low budget American, uh, martial arts based films that we've seen for a while. You know, we've, we always rely, you know, we rely on uh, certain directors like Isaac Florentine and stuff, but uh, he, uh, you know, here we've got um, Perry Tio, Tio's. I'm not, he's not a direct, you know, he's not a director I associate with action hmm. per se. You know, he does a lot of horror, um, but I've not really associated him with much memorable action. Uh, and this has kind of changed that. It's like, oh, you know, he's really him and the team have really handled this well. And this, you know, this new, dis- you know, I don't know whether it was his discovery or or, or whose discovery it was, but um, Dy Sal, uh, mm. who's who's uh, really good, you know, in say not not necessarily his first lead, but you know, the first film I've seen him in, I think he handled it quite well, um, trying to. Um, to carry carry the movie, and we've got a really great antagonist uh, uh, who uh, I'll let you uh, uh, discuss uh, first, Mike. Yeah. So, um, in the midst of this, we've got Brian Lee from uh, Marshall Club. Uh, his, his brother Andy is, is I, I'm, you know, con- he's considered, I suppose, the more famous of the two, um, having a sort of more prominent role in, in things like um, Shang Chi. Um, uh, and Brian is, you know, if you see him in the shorts and things and, and everything everywhere at once, um, he's tends to be sort of the more comedic character. Mm. 
you know, yeah. because of his, his stature and everything. He's sort of the more sort of Samohan kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But in this, oh my God, he, you know, I've described him as a beast on, on, on Twitter because he is unrecognizable almost, you know. Uh, it was only when, when he got a close-up of his face, I was like, shit, that's, that's actually Brian Lee. And his fight scene, I think he has two major fight scenes with um, D.Y. Sal, and they are incredible. You know, they really are um, just full-on. It, it's some of the best sort of fighting uh, scenes I, I've seen um, situated in the middle of this film. It is very, very high-standard stuff. Um, for those sure who don't know, Brian well. was. And for those who don't know, uh, Brian and Andy were choreographers on Everywhere All at Once, yep. uh, which got, garnered them, you know, huge attention. I mean, they were in the film as well. You know, the, they're, they're the guys the who ended up with, guards, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with uh, certain things sticking uh, where <laughs> yeah. they shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but uh, yeah, they 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 were working with Michelle Yeoh. So you know the. And uh, you know they've, they've worked all over the place. They did the film uh, Luke Van Tien, which is with Andy Long, mm-hmm. which is highly recommended. Again, they did some choreography on that, and they also turn up in small roles. They they they've been around the block. They they're doing higher. Pro- they're oh, doing yeah. bigger and bigger movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even um, Brian was working on. Uh, I mean, they both did Paper Tigers as well, mm-hmm. uh, but Brian was working on uh, uh, Bullet Train and stuff yeah. like that. But this is kind of this is kind of the biggest sort of meatiest role I've seen him get. Yeah, you know, away from his brother. It's like rather than yeah. being a double actor or anything. It's like he's he's he here. It's his, his role. He, he stands alone. He gets to go at it. You know, and uh, and, and he he's, he's definitely proves himself with this one. Definitely. So, so, so you know, I'm hoping that this does prove to be like a breakout role for him because you know, so, something like when, when Scott Atkins did um, U.S. Marines. Was it Marines mm-hmm. or Marines Two? Where, where he, you know, he wasn't the star, but he came in, and and, and you know, he's he's basically stole the film in, in his scenes and that. Oh, uh, Special Forces. Special Forces. That's the one. I yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, somebody Teague was it? Who's the lead? Oh, that was Marshall Teague. Yeah, Marshall Teague. Uh, yeah, he's the yeah. lead in it. But but Scott Agnes came in as a. Um, yeah, behind enemy lines, SAS officer and character, yeah. and, and sort of gets this sort of blow away action sequence and stuff. But yeah, yeah, and hopefully, I mean, it'd be great to see Brian sort of do. I think it might be a bit easy to ju- just sort of pigeonhole him into these sort of big beastly mm. guy kind of roles now. But I think he's he's shown how diverse he can be with other stuff. That I think it'll be it'd be interesting to sort of see them flip that and actually mm. make them the hero. Let's see him in in a sort yeah, of leading sort of hero yeah. role. Um, yeah. for a change uh so yeah i mean there's two great reasons just there you know dy sal see see brian lee in this particular role the film it's yeah. the, the film itself is is pretty well shot and quite engaging so it's it's definitely i think if you're interested in you know if you like action martial arts movies then this is kind of yeah. one of the must-see ones of this part of the year it's not amazing but there's enough that's really 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 good about it if if we were still in the D- if we were still in the uh, VHS era, this would be one of those films where I'd be just watching that sequence over and over again. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I got the rest of the film. <laughs> It'd be just yeah. that bit, basically, sort of taking it through. But um, yeah, it, it's it's got its flaws, but 
where it works, it really, really works. And yeah, uh, it's worth seeing just for Brian Lee and uh, D.Y. Sal, for sure. Steve, how are you going to score this? Uh, I'll give it a six. All right. I'm going to give it a bit higher. I'm going to give it a seven, purely on the uh, the star power in this. And Rich? Yeah, and yeah, another seven from me. Yeah. All right. A six and two sevens for Shadowmaster. Uh, this is out uh, in the UK uh, from Dazzler Media. So go check it out. Our next review is Bermuda Island. Disaster strikes the passengers of an airliner heading out of Miami for Puerto Rico. When first a federal prisoner escapes his captors and then the plane hits a freak thunderstorm, sending it plummeting into the ocean. Survivors of the crash manage to make it to a small tropical island, but soon discover that more nightmares await them. So it's it's a cop thriller. It's a disaster movie. No, wait, it's a creature feature. Um, this is a film which uh, not quite sure what it wants to be, but I found it very entertaining overall. Uh, Steve, what did you make of Bermuda Island? I'll tell you what it is. It's absolute bollocks. I'm sorry, but yeah, like you say, I mean, it's so schizophrenic in what it is. You've got the first 10 minutes, which is, like you say, a gangster movie. Hmm. Yeah. Then it goes to the airport where you've got all these people waiting to get on the plane. Every single one of them is an absolute... <laughs> it's there's not... There's not yeah. There isn't a likeable character. You've got the two jocks who are just trying to rape everything that fucking moves. The Karen... Let's <laughs> see your manager. With a with a daughter who's just like, oh my god, mom, you're so embarrassing, blah blah blah. Then you've got the two, you know, girl power where, you know, half mm. feminists and all this stuff, who then halfway through just whips the top off for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and then, like I said, something okay, so it's gangster. No, it's lost. Then you've got these creatures just coming out of the jungle for. God knows where they. I don't. I, I, I did. I didn't read anything about it. But I just stuck it on. <laughs> yeah, I can now imagine that would come as a bit of a shock. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what, where, where have these come from now? What's and then and then the ending. Oh, oh, don't <laughs> get me started on the ending. I'm sorry, but I was so pissed off when I got to it. I was just no, no, cannot do that. I can't believe you put us through this, Mike. It's horrible. Oh. <laughs> it really was. Uh, um, you, see, you see, I really like this. <laughs> yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> I oh, thought this was actually fun. really above average and, you know, um, uh, n- never a dull moment kind of uh, I was having with this one. That's, that's exactly how I feel of it. Yeah. I think there are similarities. I mean, there's definite similarities to Lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as well as like films like uh, I don't know did you guys I don't think I reviewed it but did you see Lost in the Pacific the Brandon Ruth one where yes. they where they yeah, the plane both of them there was, there was two wasn't there uh, yeah, it was yeah. like almost like a remake Light to Hell was the first one yeah yeah and then the second one was uh, I can't remember if they both in both of them they land on a 
on an island with like yeah. killer cats and stuff or whatever now, it is. There was remember. another film, and I am just sort of looking back through IMDb at the moment, hmm. um, which I'm sure is called Primal Something or Other. And what was interesting was that that got remade as well. Um, ah, right. It was originally called The Forgotten Ones. Right. Uh, with uh, Jewel State from uh, Firefly. Um, mm-hmm. That was directed by a guy called Georges Il. Then it, it basically got remade by uh, Roll Ren. Oh, yeah. And it was called, I think that's when it had the title, it was sort of Primal Something. But it, but it was a similar sort of thing, you know, sort of people end up on this island and there's like, yeah, um, you know, this sort of Neanderthal race sort of living mm-hmm. on the island. I'm pretty sure one of them used like predator sound sound effects for it. But both, both are very enjoyable films, I have to say. But yeah, there's okay. this definitely Yeah, yeah, I know the one you mean, definitely. Yeah. But anyway. Um, I haven't I, seen it. I do want to see that now, though. But the, um, but I like, I mean, yeah, it's not, it, the thing was, just before watching this, like a few days before, I'd gone to see Plane, oh, yeah. starring Gerard Butler. Which, yeah, there are a few sort of similarities there as well. There are similarities. And basically, this is kind of like Plane, but with monsters instead of, instead yeah. of in that movie, it was instead just kind of, of pirates, regular yeah. pirates or whatever they were. And I like this more. <laughs> I've got to be honest. Um, the, um, I thought the, uh, to sort of, highlight the things that I thought were strong about it. First. I thought considering the low budget and stuff, I thought the scenery and the, the shooting and everything of the locations and stuff looked really good. Um, the production values, the practical effects for, with the monsters and stuff were, yep. were, were I thought, very a, well done. had a decent butchers on hand with all that awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the, um, the film has uh, some, I think there's a there's a few really surprising moments in it which I wasn't expecting, which which mm-hmm. I took you know pleasure in. I used to love Lost, so mm-hmm. the fact that it's a kind of a knockoff of Lost didn't really bother me. Uh, I, I actually quite I thought they actually handled it quite well, and Lost wasn't that original in the first place anyway. But the the as we've said, loads of people have done you know variations on the whole. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was uh, <coughs> uh, Mike. Uh, tell me if you get the reference. Now what? Oh, um, yeah, Deep Rising. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking it was like a Deep Rising two kind of thing. It's like if the mm. monster had been like a bit more of a big monster, yeah. then that is what that is what I would equate this to. But then it turned out to be like a like um you know humanoid human yeah, humanoid tribe, or, or whatever tribal kind of creatures. More like something like um Ghosts of Mars had yeah kind of, those yeah. kind of uh, creatures really. But the um so. I was quite with it all the way through. Even the characters, I was I was really interested in that. You know, the, the, it's a cast of unknowns essentially, with the exception of Tom Sizemore, who gets top billing <laughs> and basically comes in. Looks, <laughs> Tom Sizemore looks terrible. He looks very. He is he not. Looks, he does like not look a well man. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He looks like he's on edge of death. He really does. No, and then, and then there's that they put this slide in like. Oh no, not as attractive as you, kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, sure, that's sweet of you to say. And they put like this little sort of like um, ego stroke kind of thing. It's like, no, he is not. It's like she would, she, her standards are not that low. Sure, yeah. <laughs> she would be like um, fawning over over this um, guy at the airport. But anyway, so he's not in it very long. Um, and I actually liked the 
rest of the car. And I thought the way they played that with, you know, uh, establishing who the bad guys were and, you know, in the group and, you know, them go and going off in different directions and stuff. I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was good. And even when you get to the end, which is not a typical kind of conclusion. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> I thought that was quite a bold choice. I could see why in a weird way there's off. some similarities with what this film is doing, with what Project Wolf Hunting was doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just kind of max mixing in all these different kind of things. This one's got more comedy in it. I will say, Project Wolf Hunting doesn't really have any comedy, um, not much anyway. But the um, depending on how you take it, <laughs> but this one is quite. Co there's some actual. They put in like the Karen and stuff as like yeah. humour. Uh, and some other bits and a little bit of romance and or whatever and they mix it all up and uh i, I think it works i think it's a it's it's a it's not original but it's a good fun time i i, I got a few notes um i i really did like this this is from the same director who did um attack of the unknown mm -hmm. as well which yeah. uh, we covered last year i think even earlier than that. no it's not he didn't do attack of the unknown did he yeah i'm pretty sure i thought that was um Slagle. I thought Slagle did Attack of the Unknown. Oh, he was the first assistant director on Attack uh, of the Unknown. Yeah, certainly, certainly worked on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway. So, yeah, that, that was Brandon Slagle's movie. Yeah, but it's the same producers, you see, the, uh, yeah, the exactly, Michael yeah. Mahal and Sonny Mahal. So it's yeah, from the, yeah. the Mahal Brothers production. The um, There's a character in this who's like the uh, um, FBI agent Sweden. Who's, who's the first person to do the, um, hey, who put you in charge? Um, yeah. Sort of posturing guy who sort of takes a, a bunch of people to sort of say, I'm the guy to lead you to survive, you know, for survival and stuff and mm -hmm. takes them off. Um, but then he keeps sneaking back to the other group to sort of see what they're doing, you know, mm -hmm. sort of see what he can pick up and then go back to his group and sort of say, what we need to do. Is he's this, and he's literally just copying what the other group are doing, which I thought was quite amusing. Um, they they do meet another character on the island who seems to have been there a while, and it's a bit, a bit more sort of set up. Um, there are you know even, but again, you see that bit that 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 thing with that character, yeah. Even that yeah. is similar to Project Wolf Hunting. I'm not yeah, going to yeah. say what it is, hmm. no, but there's right. some stuff with that character that is very similar. It's like it's really weird how some how similar some of the aspects yeah. of these two movies are this way. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's all that. I mean, you know, given the amount of attrition in this film, you know, I mean, it's it's not shy to, to cut through its cast, and you know, it starts off with quite a yeah. large cast. Um, you never know who's going to get next. You know, it's, it's um, whoever's in the wrong place at the wrong time sort of thing. And it's not discriminatory who, who, who's going to be killed. But there's what, there was one sort of scene, which was actually quite tense um, where, where there was one character who'd already been injured and they were trying to look mm -hmm. after her, but they sort of turned their backs for a moment and, uh, you know, were doing somewhere else and they sort of snuck off on her. That, that was actually sort of quite well done. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought this worked really well overall. There, there was what a do you think about much. the title, though? Because they, 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 I mean, I don't think the film is titled well. Because it, I mean, although it's good because it, it doesn't give anything away. Hmm. I mean, apart from the fact that Bermuda, you think, oh, the Bermuda Triangle and all that sort of thing. But yeah, it it doesn't actually indicate what the film is. It kind of it could be anything. Could, could um, have been a spring break comedy for we knew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't, again, I don't think the film knows what it is because it throws that many differently genres in. It's 
I I think they could have structured the film a bit differently. So they could have started with them arriving on the island Mm. and then had a couple of flashbacks to show how they got there. You know, well, I mean, that's... which which would have tied it more into Lost. You know, it, it's it's quite amusing, quite quite ironic that I'm actually saying this because I'm usually the first person to complain about in media res and saying yeah. no, so show your story organically and let things build up to a conclusion, which is exactly yeah, well, what this film does. But now yeah, I'm well, sort of saying, no, no, have flashbacks. <laughs> the first, the first ten, fifteen minutes mm. doesn't have any bearing on the plot whatsoever. Nope. You know what I mean? That the the arrest the the gangster mm. criminal whatever get him on the plane. Mm. Oh, but that was one of the twists. That's one of the things I was like, yeah, oh, I, 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 I just don't yeah. I didn't see that coming, you know, kind of thing. No, because it doesn't need it. Oh no, it, it just yeah. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. I, I mean, screaming. you know, the the bit you're complaining about with the um you know the, the the airport bit with the departure lounge. I mean, I I, I like that because because that was sort of like paying lip service to all the other airplane disaster movies. You know? Yeah, I, yeah, I get that. That <laughs> bit, okay. You you know the characters, you know who they are. The, the criminal element, <laughs> he breaks free and they shot in two minutes. So there's no point of him being there. It doesn't affect the plane crashing or anything like that because it crashes from the storm. If it had been a stray <laughs> bullet, not if it had been a stray bullet that put a window through and that caused the crash. Right, fair enough. <laughs> I get that. I hope, yeah. I hope, I hope the scriptwriter is listening to this. Goes, whatsoever. Yeah. There's no I think they were trying. Whatsoever. Yeah. I think they were trying to do a, an Alfred Hitchcock psycho. Is yeah. what I think they were trying to do here. Yeah. Day. We're trying to set up something and then pull the rug out and say, ah, actually, mm-hmm. it's this film. <laughs> it's like, it's not, yeah, well, it's not, yeah, well, it's not. Then they do it again 10 minutes later. Ah, it's not, it's this film. Or Kevin now. Smith Red State is another, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was a riff, which was a variation on the psycho. But the, um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's, in, it's, yeah, it's I interesting that it. we've got such sort of diverse yeah. view, uh, views on it. Um, I, th- I see it as like a, you know, take a, any sort of asylum disaster kind of thing mm-hmm. and actually do it well. And yeah. I think that's what this is. Yeah, I, mean, I uh, think we'll so. see lots of monster stuff of, you know, like we saw that Yeti movie that was that was a bit this naff. One, and we saw had, that one you know, about the train. Do you remember the people on the train? Yeah, and then yeah, they ended the, up like uh, going through time derailed, or something. Derailed, derailed yeah. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. But this one had, had, had practical effects, as you say. It had... Um, had multiple creature suits because you know yeah. it wasn't just like you know there's multiple not to uh, give anything suits. away no but it was, it was it was yeah i thought it was a decent effort all around and as rich said yeah very entertaining it's low budget you know you can't you can't get away from that it's a no-name cast but they, they handled the material quite well and yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed it so steve dare we ask what your score is i'm giving it a three and Rich, I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, I, I gave it a seven in my written review. I'm, I'm sticking with that. Uh, two sevens and a three for Bermuda Island. Go check it out. Our next review is the Long Night. 
A devoted couple's quiet weekend takes a bizarre turn when a nightmarish cult and their maniacal leader comes to fulfill an apocalyptic prophecy. I like this film. Um, the, the copy we received uh, wasn't finished. There, there was, you know, certain watermarks on certain scenes and things, which was a bit of an eye-opener, actually. But overall, I thought this was very atmospheric. Um, it's sort of quite nightmarish. And I, ha- I do have a soft spot for these films of people under siege from cults, you know, like um, The Void or, or the one we covered recently. Was it Hellbinders or Hellbenders? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, that sort of thing, you know, pe- people in cloaks and sort of masks and stuff sort of besieging a house. I love all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, w- I was very much on board with this. Um, Steve, over to you. Um, yeah, it was enjoyable, this one, actually. Um, not so much new. Uh, you know, it's probably all been done before, but done quite well. Um, it was nice to see Jeff Faye turn up again for five minutes. Um, but it, it was intriguing. It was well shot. The, only, the, the thing that did annoy me a bit was the chapters. And they yes. didn't really kind of make sense. I was going to bring those up, yeah. Mm. Yeah, do, also, do, do they add anything? No, I don't think they did. And that rather bizarre scene in the woods about three quarters of the way through, mm. that, I, I just didn't get that at all. <laughs> I just kind of, again, came out of nowhere and was just like, why is the light shining from her vagina? <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> it just didn't. I don't know. I don't know what it. I didn't get what it meant or anything, to be fair. But it was quite a sustained tension in it. Um, looks really good. And the performance is actually really good. The main girls, it's Scout, Scout Taylor Compton, yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really good. Because um, it starts off, you, you kind of thinking, you know, stopping off in a hick, petrol station, gas station, same thing, you know. Mm. Oh, he's gonna. But that doesn't really come into it as much as I thought. Because remember, she's trying to find her parents. Yes. And she's had a tip off that to meet this guy at his house and blah, blah, blah. And it all goes from there. And. Again, the only another thing, it's a little bit like the other one, you know, exposition slammed in the last five, ten minutes to catch you up and where you need to be, and then it ends, you know. That is the only slight drawback I've got against it, really. Main main drawback I've got against it. Apart from that, yeah, yeah it's pretty enjoyable. Yeah, it's very well shot, I have to say. Um it's interesting, there's a whole sort of plot element at the beginning like like you say um you know she she's trying to find who her parents were because she was you know sort of raised an orphan and um you know she gets this call from this guy who's, who's presumably she's hired to sort of look into it and and then her boyfriend sort of says oh hey uh, since we're heading that way let's pop off and see my parents <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe you know, is is that going to have any bearing? And it's like, oh no, they, they just sort of we, we just pick up after they've been to the to his parents, 
and the yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was that, I thought that was the inciting thing of like, oh, that's where they're going to go. That's what the yeah, story's yeah. going to be. Exactly. And it's yeah. then it's like like and then it's literally <laughs> like, oh, we went there. Oh. <laughs> 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 But I, I love the that even matter or anything. It's yeah, like exactly. really, they made kind of a big thing, and did it really matter? Yeah, it? the the imagery in this is very good. Um, I, I enjoyed that sort of weird sequence in the woods. I thought it was very well shot. The music was really good. Um, yeah, um, it, it was had a really good sort of sheen, you know, very polished look to this uh, sort of cinematography wise. A uh, few lens flares, that sort of thing, give, give it a nice sort of look. Um, yeah. Uh, Rich, what did you make of uh, the Long Night? I think it's overly familiar. A lot of, I mean, so all the elements we've seen a lot recently. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you've already mentioned a couple of them, like the the, the cult sort of gathering around, and the uh, what's the other one that came to mind? Um, uh, I think even when we were talking about one of the other films a couple of weeks ago, the twin, the one set in Finland. Oh yeah, you know oh, yeah. That, that whole idea of. They're a couple. They go to a house in the middle of nowhere. Mm. You know, stuff starts happening, strange, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. supernatural things and stuff. Um, for the most, it's kind of, it's, it's very sort of familiar and f- typical, but it, it's occasionally sort of, uh, occasionally indulgent. Uh, it's got like, the, like you say, with those sort of chapter bits and some mm. of the, some, some scenes that are a bit more drawn out than they really need to be. Uh, scene like uh, like Steve was mentioning there's a couple just a few bits like that there's a bit at the end that's just sort of really just feels a lot you know more more indulgent it's it's not really coming across as anything particularly profound as just sort of um, the director just trying to I don't know put their own sort of artistic spin on something which isn't really kind of coming across Um, the the location itself is quite an interesting uh, plantation house. Uh, it's it's it, in, again it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. The costumes that the that the cult are wearing are quite interesting. Say the some of the amusement of the film did come out of the fact that it's uh, it was an incomplete version. Mm. So yeah, I was thinking the surely they're, yeah they're going to remove the wires and stuff surely. Yeah. Um, uh, because uh, it, it was just so weird and then when it comes to the end it's just said credits yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the shut and the shutter stock thing and whatever um so yeah so the um that lends some unintended sort of humor to proceedings because it's not mm. sort of comical in any way it's fine you know it's all right say it's nothing we haven't, we haven't seen like a million <clears throat> times before but um it's all right uh I actually, I mean, there's there's another act. Um, I mean, say Scarlett Taylor Compton. Uh, ever since she did Halloween, she's kind of not really had, or, or I think she was a, wasn't she in Social Network? And, no, that was Rooney Mara. Um, uh, Scarlett Taylor Compton. She's had a f- few reasonable roles, but it's, she's sort of mostly working in the sort of low budget area. But she's still got a certain amount of recognition. But there's another actress who used to have up at the end, and she's really effective. I don't want to say who she is because it's kind of a, unless you look at the cast list, but um, she appears at the end and her presence is quite um, striking. Yeah. Uh, so I thought she she added some weight there just because she's a sort of a high caliber actress coming in for that role at the end. Um, you meant you've already mentioned Jeff Fahey. He's always you know he's always good fun when he turns up. So I liked him. You know it could have been an Eric Roberts, but this is. Um, <laughs> 
this is quite a this is quite a slick you know, solid production low budget but again they've sort of yeah. put the money in the right places and stuff so i would say that um but apart from that i would i could take it or leave it to be honest yeah i mean of, of its type it's, it's very polished uh that's for sure um, and i'm quite happy for that uh, it's directed by a guy called rich ragdale ragsdale um more known for his composing than, than his directing he's, he's done a lot of shorts but i think I might be wrong. I think this is his first feature as a director. Um, I, I think he does a bang-up job. You know, it's, it's just that maybe we could have done with a bit of sort of fresher material uh, mm. overall. And uh, yeah, otherwise, uh, scores on the doors. Uh, Steve, I'll give it a seven. Mm-hmm. I think I'll join you on a seven. And Rich, uh, I feel more of a six on this one. Mm-hmm. Losing a point for originality. Uh, it's just, you know, I was just, yeah, I think this, the overly familiar nature of it and stuff was just sort of pushing me out a little bit. Yeah. I, th- I think it's visual style sort of like keeps it a seven for me. I think you're right. It, you know, uh, as I mentioned, I think it's a bit overly done, but I, th- I think it has a very unique visual sort of style to it. Um, he comes out of music videos, I believe. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. So two sevens and a six for The Long Night. Go check it out. Our final main review is Jethica. While Elena hangs out at her grandmother's old land in New Mexico, she runs into her old school friend, Jessica, who is out on a road trip. In fact, Jessica is trying to avoid a very tenacious stalker called Kevin, who soon catches up with her. But can it really be him? I really like this, Steve. Um, yeah, it starts. It starts off as a sort of very conventional sort of horror movie kind of thing, and then it sort of strips away the horror part and leaves you with this sort of supernatural tale um, about this this woman who's been stalked by the ghost of her stalker. Um, and I, I, I just really enjoyed it. I saw this last year at um, Mayhem Film Festival for the first time, and, and I was uh, quite glad to sort of watch it again. Uh, it's it's got a very sort of um, uh, it, it's very short. It's only about seventy minutes long, but at the same time, it's got a very sort of elegiac sort of pace to it. You know, it, it, it's not in a particular hurry um, to to sort of divulge what's going on. And it is, it is interspersed with these shots of like the landscape and, you know, the old and weathered sort of farm machine machinery and sort of fencing and stuff like this to sort of, you know, really give you this sort of desolate atmosphere. Of, uh, you know, there's no one for miles and miles around, uh, apart from these sort of people who, who are sort of very lost in their own worlds. Um, how did you get on with this? Yeah, I agree with that, really. It's more... It's definitely slow. Like you say, it's only an hour, an hour and ten, but it's definitely like a slow burn. But to me, it wasn't really a horror in a way. It's I don't know. It's weird. It's hard, yeah. it's hard to. That's the thing because when you when you say oh it's about a ghost, it's like oh it's a horror film. It's like well no, it's not. It's it's just it has a supernatural element, but it's it's more you know it's something it's else. More, yeah, yeah, it's more grounded. Really, you know, it's more. Mm. It's not over the top. I mean, basically, you know, the only way you differentiate that he's a ghost is he, he starts turning whiter. Mm. 
uh, you know, then that's it. But it's just done really, really well, and it's performed really, really well. Um, yeah. Especially the stalker, Kevin. I mean, yeah, he's annoying as hell. Um, <laughs> but that's what he should be. You know, that's yeah. I think they nailed. Yeah, they nail that character really well. And especially when you see him in the sort of video messages he's been leaving Jessica. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you know any women who are on social media, um, you know, you, you'll know the sort of things they have to put up with on a, mm. you know, um, on a regular basis. Uh, there's a particular Twitter feed I, I subscribe to called Ask Aubrey and you know she makes a point of collating all this stuff that people send her the like reply guys and you yeah. know all, all sorts of stuff going on and they n- nail it completely you know the way yeah. he goes from this sort of um yeah you know sort of this sort of misogyny and um sort of privilege that he, you know, he's going, well, you know, you should be grateful that I'm showing you this, this affection, you know, this sort of stuff. <laughs> why, why aren't you grateful? Um, and then, you know, it becomes a sort of whiny kind of thing. And then this sort of outright anger, outright it, all, anger all, yeah. all in the same video sometimes. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. And then, then you got the, the handwritten notes <laughs> that she's hands her and as she's flicking through you see that on the back of one of them he's drawn his cock and balls <laughs> which is like, yeah of course you know you tried to, you tried to impress a girl of course you're going to draw your cock and balls to yeah. sort of show what she's missing yeah. um so so yeah i thought i thought they nailed that character very very well um yeah, yeah and, and and you know you got you got these two female characters so we don't really sort of learn a lot about um one is alone but not lonely. She doesn't come across as lonely, but at the same time, she's not averse to Jessica's staying around. Um, yeah. And the other one is sort of like being driven to loneliness because of this guy who keeps, you know, he, he's basically dri- driven her out of her own state. Um, but at the same time, you know, Kevin, his loneliness has probably propelled him to do what he does. And, you know, there's another character we haven't talked about who also, you know, his motivation for what he does is is, is derived from his loneliness. So you got all these sort of four characters who, surrounded by emptiness, who was sort of like, you know, in, in one sort of like space, but all very, you know, stuck in their own sort of bubbles, as it were, um, which, which is sort of quite interesting. Yeah. Um... Yeah, is it Benny, the other guy? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the sort of drifter yeah. guy. Yeah. And you know, when it comes about what his deal is, and that's it was actually quite moving in a way. To be fair, mm. you know, it is. and and then I the think, direction it takes, you know, for that sort of final mm-hmm. sort of ten minutes or so, is just like yeah, it's it's actually quite sweet, you know, even though you know from where you start off with this sort of character, um, you end up sort of quite happy for him yeah. at the end, yeah, you, you know, which is, which is yeah. really weird. But yeah. And, and did you catch the, um, after credit scene as well? Yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Cause, cause that's sort of like, it answered one thing because, um, you know, when, when Jessica leaves and so Elena says, Oh, we should, we should keep in touch. And she goes, Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. And you're thinking, Really, you know, are they really? And then, 
and you know, in this little bit at the end, it sort of says, "Oh, is is Elena coming?" And I thought, "All oh, right, they did." You know, which is really yeah. cool. But yeah, I, I, I like the fact they sort of take, you know, the circumstances in their stride. You know, it's like, "Oh, we've been through this before." You know. I know what to do. Yeah, well, again, you know, that's the thing with being grounded, you know, they're just mm. even in the original thing when it happens, like, yeah, mm. okay. There's no freaking out hysteria. It's just explains yeah. it as it is. And it's like, oh, oh well, okay, then fair enough. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a bit of like, oh, I don't believe you. But then it's like, you know, things happen where she can't ignore it and she can't deny it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, okay. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's good. And, and it's funny, I was watching... Um, I was watching someone else. I can't remember what it was now. And I was just wishing that the character didn't act all scared and actually sort of did sort of take it in their stride and yeah. go, oh, yeah. okay. You know, just to sort of try and wrong foot the ghost or whatever. But there you go. But yeah, this, this is good fun. It is, you know, it, it's, um, as we said, it's a scant 70 minutes. Um, it is really well shot, uh, quite artistically done uh, by Peter Orr's. Um and it's got a very sort of melancholic score, very sort of simple sort of score to go with it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just a really, really cool little film. What are you going to score it? I'll give it an eight. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed this one a lot. So two eights for Jethika. Go check it out. Our short chop this week is Yay, Blind Samurai Woman. When her father is killed in a revenge duel, Yea, a girl close to blindness takes it upon herself to fight his killer. So, eighteen minutes short. Um, this has a great setup with this, um, you know, this girl who's almost blind with her father. Uh, he he makes some ominous comments about keeping her talents to herself. Um, and you're like, mm, don't know what that is. You, you kind of assume it's to do with. You know, maybe her fighting skills, but when we first see a fight, it's like she's not very good. <laughs> but that turns out, you know, that that sort of spins on itself, and then we get this other sort of spin on top of that. And I, I was kind of reminded of the fight in um, uh, the Princess Bride. You know, the old I know something that you don't know. I can fight right-handed too. You know, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, th- this was very enjoyable, very well shot. You know, quite playful um, in the, in this midsection, and and then it sort of spins it again and becomes more deadly, and then it spins it again uh, for for its uh, finale. Uh, very well put together film. Uh, Steve, what do you make of it? Yeah, it was fun. Um, quite sweet at the beginning, you know, with the father daughter thing going on. But it's, it it's very not regimented but you know what I mean when the other guy turns up and he's like well here's my things I I can perform vengeance mm. on you revenge on you uh, which I thought was quite strange but maybe I don't know maybe that's a thing in feudal China or whatever I don't know and yeah I just kind of expected a bit more of a of a fight at the end if you know what I mean mm. between her and him I just thought it might be a bit do you ever see Blind Fury at Rutgauer? Of course. I just expected it to be kind of a bit more like that at the end, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was quite sweet and enjoyable. Uh, Rich, you cur- curated this one for us. Uh, how do you get on with this? 
Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of sort of period martial arts. I, I much prefer sort of contemporary settings. Mm-hmm. But uh, the director of this, uh, Akiko Izumitani, yeah. uh, she did a. I I'd recommended. I was a fan of her short film, The Other Side, mm-hmm. and put it out on our. Um, uh, our DTV Digest short shots Twitter and she posts she did a comment on that saying oh my new film's out kind of thing mm-hmm. I'm actually subscribed to it subscribed to her channel but for some reason I had I hadn't actually seen it get released mm-hmm. um and so I've been waiting for this basically for a while this has been kind of on my list of the sort of new 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 films that I really want to see um it say because of the setting and stuff I didn't love it I didn't love it as much as the other side but uh, it is it is very good it shows a you know working with with a different sort of with a completely different sort of setting and environment and stuff but still developing uh themes that she's clearly interested in so the other mm-hmm. side it, it uh is uh, it's kind of a it sets up a typical action scenario mm-hmm. with the hero going after the villains or whatever and then you get to see the other side it, it, you know you get to see the villain's point of view or the villain in that particular circumstance and yeah. it's not quite what you expect and this film is kind of doing a similar thing, but in a linear fashion. Uh, in that film, she kind of showed one, and then she went back, and you, you sort of saw it again from a different perspective. In this one, you, you, it's all one continuous um, story, mm-hmm. and you, you're seeing you're seeing it from both sides of the argument. So you you, you understand why she's upset. But he's also making it very clear why he's upset. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, and they, they both got that completely valid points of view, um, and uh, I think that's that's quite that's probably the most interesting part of it, as well as the action, which is choreographed by Suyoshi Abe, who was basically uh, responsible for loads of uh, action movies back in the 90s i mean he's worked on lots of other stuff as well but back in the 90s you know gary daniels movies he was he was doing quite a lot of work on those uh, and he's also worked with people like isaac florentine and and then on big budget productions as well uh, over the years so uh, really you know seeing his name attached to it uh, got uh, was you know one of the key sort of things that got me interested and i think you know the fight scenes do deliver uh they so say obviously they're they're sort of samurai scenes, so sword play scenes, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it carries its running time really well. the The YouTube video posting says short version rather than short film. Mm. It is just this version, as far as I'm aware. But whether that's uh, whether the idea is to sort of tease that as a proof of concept, you know, to potentially flesh this out, that you know, that would be fine. Uh, although I think it's it's too well trodden territory per se. Uh, to to sort of to elaborate on, I think it is uh, you know as it, I mean, you you guys mentioned Blind Fury. What was the Japanese character that was the Blind Fury was the Americanization of? Was it Zatoichi? Zatoichi, yeah, yeah, the Blind Swordsman. So that's that's kind of what it all come. A lot of this all comes back to you know these Japanese uh, 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 heroes who are in some way impaired or you know mm. seem to be impaired you know was uh, but you know overcome these things so you got the the fantastic so i mean di- daredevil you know the, the blind thing has been done in various iterations well the swordsman which was my favorite film of 2020 which yeah. is the uh the korean yeah. one korean. you know that was a similar sort of thing with the guy going blind oh he was blind as well uh-huh. as well so yeah, yeah so, it's been done a lot 
it's been done a lot but yeah i think in this case you know i've got an interesting sort of dynamic you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's um it's set in japan it's an american production it's shot in english but it's got japanese subtitles as uh as uh, uh akiko's previous film which it's been seven years between films uh, it's mm-hmm. taken a really long time to for us to get that and i hope we i really hope we don't have to wait another seven years for her next film mm-hmm. because uh, you know I think she's a really good director. Uh, I've, I'm, I've, I know she did films prior to the other side, so I'm trying to get back to to sort of look at those earlier films as well. But I mean, um, if anyone hasn't seen the other side, I would definitely say that's that's very, very worth worth 15 yep. minutes of your time. Did you have you had a chance to see it? I can't remember if I have or not. No. I, I will have to no, check it out. To no, fair it. enough. It's got James Kyson Lee, who was in um, Heroes, All in right. it, yeah. and. Um, it's got, I mean, the action in that is really, really good. Uh, I mean, for the first, like, several minutes, it's just, like, nonstop, pretty much. Uh, and then the, like, kind of, the story kind of kicks in. But anyway, I, 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 that's an aside. But, yeah, this, if, you, if, um, uh, if you like, you know, period, you know, sort of feudal Japan kind of stuff, I think you'll really enjoy this. I mean, this would play fantastically on the big screen at Fighting Spirit Film Festival, mm. for example. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we don't score the shorts, but we certainly recommend you check them out. I really enjoyed this, I have to say. Um, so, yeah, please check it out in the footnotes below. Our DTV throwback this week is Crocodile. It's spring break! And a bunch of friends intent on partying like it's the year 2000. Unfortunately, a 20-foot crocodile has been peacefully residing nearby and is now hell-bent on furious vengeance when some yokels mess with its nest of eggs. Now stranded in the middle of swampland, the partiers try to make it back to civilization before they are chomped by Mama Croc. Um, Surprised to see this was directed by Toby Hooper. Mm. He of... um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Life Force, and uh, a few others. Poltergeist, Poltergeist. of right. course. Um, now, back in the day, he did make a film. Um, what was it called? Eaten Alive. Eaten Alive, thank you. Um, which did f- feature a giant croc who was being fed the sort of dead bodies that the main killer was um, killing. Um I, I, you know, going into this, I had no expectations of what it was going to be like. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised overall. This it does have a very bland bunch of protagonists, you know, straight out of central casting. Um, but it does have some interesting side characters to sort of uh, you know liven things up a bit. But you know, the main group of cannon fodder or crocodile fodder are pretty bland, apart from one of them who's a, who's a total arsehole. Uh, and it's just a case of well, who's who's going to get chomped next, basically. But the the, the crocodile's pretty decent, apart from when it's in the water. Uh, the, the the actual some of the kills are really shocking in how quick and devastating they are. Um, and it only sort of really loses a bit of um, credibility is towards the end when, when the croc leaps out of the water over the boat. Which is it just looks absolutely ridiculously CGI and, and awful. But for the most part, you know, this wasn't a million miles away from something like uh, Primal, 
you know, um, in, in terms of the way it uses Croc for us, pretty decent. Um, Steve, over to you. Yeah, um, Ronfield, that's what it says on the tin. Um, enjoyable characters are a bit, a bit wet lettuces, really, but they're, they're only there for the Croc fodder, really. Um, but like I said, I was surprised at how good the effects were on the actual Croc itself, except. Mm. You know, when it's obviously the CGI bits, but the more practical stuff I thought was actually done really, really well. And yeah, like some of the some of the deaths are, I think it's the f- the f- main first one is it? Yeah, on the dock. And yeah, just like shit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's gone. Not messing um, around. Yeah. No, no, but there, yeah, there's um, it's what it is. You know, hmm. no, it's your you know nineties creature feature. Um. Low budget, obviously, but it's it's it is done well and it's it's enjoyable, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's anyways. There's one bit as well. Um, it it's it's almost like a classic "how badass is he" kind of scene. But they're mm. talking about the croc. You know, yeah. usually it's like talking about the hero, sort of back. You know, about what you know, the, the, all his credentials in the military and stuff. But you get you get one of these crocodile hunter guys, and he sort of explains how crocodiles kill you and he's talking about them sort of like you know you know rolling you rolling you so much that your sort of joints all come out and you know yeah. you're just like a rag doll in his mouth sort of thing and it's a brilliant speech and it's sort of like somewhere between the how badass is he kind of thing and like the quint speech from um jaws yeah you know, yeah it was, it, was, it was just really really well done i really enjoyed that uh rich what did you make of this one had you seen it before well i saw it when it came out and um, back right. in the um so back in 2000 yeah, yeah because um it, this is a new image movie and i was sort of all over all the new image releases back in yeah. the day and this i think this i'm not sure if this was the first one but there there was a whole slate of uh, creature movies that they did all of them had basically had sequels so there was crocodile and crocodile 2 spiders and spiders 2 and uh, I, I must those, admit, we, we, yeah, we, when the new women's to... label came up, I'm thinking, oh, good, because you know they're they responsible for a lot of uh, Isaac Florentine's uh, early films as well. You know, so uh, it, it was, it was, I think, it, yeah, I'm in safe hands, you know, with, with this label. That's good. <laughs> well, a lot of, I mean, some of their stuff is very bland, but every now and again, mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a bit weird because um, new image kind of came out of, or was not directly related but you know it's sort of have a similar sort of uh, path that came out of canon hmm. so after yeah. canon essentially we ended up with a new image sort of uh, as well as um uh, the sort of post other post canon stuff like the 21st century films mm-hmm. from Menachem Golan uh, but the and the, they do a similar thing uh, you know some of the same I mean they even a new image they even worked with some of the same people like sam furstenberg and Bo, um, um boaz uh sorry uh boaz davidson who mm-hmm. used to work with canon and now he's working he worked on the story for this one and uh yeah so then that and say like canon they would get in these directors so i think he, i think toby hooper might have even worked for canon uh i think sure they might have done life force yeah. So there's an interesting sort of parallel there. And this is kind of, this is a, po- this is your sort of late nineties, early two thousands teen slasher movie. 
set up you know scenario an outline but instead of uh, instead of like a a human killer it, it's the crocodile and the crocodile is literally i mean it's kind of a it kind of reminded me of like jaws the revenge because it's like mm. the crocodile has like a personal motive against the against the mm. young <laughs> the kids um, well, they're very obnoxious <laughs> it's like we we watched devil's prey a while back and that was another one with well, yeah, yeah. i don't know if these guys are out as obnoxious yeah. but they're 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 pretty close uh, well, it reminded me yeah. of the, uh, that Megan Fox one uh, with the, with the with baby. The tigers, the, with the lions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the baby lions, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've got the egg in the bag, haven't they? So, mm. Yes. Yeah, you know. so that's like a – yeah, I mean, these movies are – they were making them before this, they're making them after this. You know, there's loads of – it's – um. It's. I think it's fine for what it is. I think you're right. I think some of the bits work really well. Uh, the um, the practical stuff, which is by KMB, who mm -hmm. did, who you know, have worked on, you know, probably most well known for stuff like From Dust Till Dawn. You know, they're kind yeah. of the top, yeah. the top guys. So they they the they they got a good director here. They hired the good um, sort of practical uh, visual effects guys. CGI was in, you know, its early stages at that time. So, it, it, you know, we've only recently got to a point where low-budget movies can have a decent standard of, you know, CGI, I think. It was, uh, it was only really that one shot where, where it, it jumps over the boat. Oh, I didn't mind that. I don't mind the jumping <laughs> shot. It was when it was sort that of chasing, was chasing yeah. them and stuff. It didn't, it didn't work for me. Um, but, yeah, you, you kind of watch, look at it and you kind of think, what? Why, what, how is it that Toby Hooper ended up, mm. you know, in DTV? What, you know, mm. what, what, what went wrong? I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure um, of why. Maybe he was, re you know, he's uh, was rejected by the mainstream, or, 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 you know, something went wrong with, you know, films that weren't particular successes or stuff. I'm, I don't know enough about Toby yeah. Hooper's career to to say what, why that was, but. Uh, I mean, he was—he's certainly the most one of the most high-profile directors that New Image have, have ever had. Yeah. Uh, certainly in this cycle of of all the um, of the creature features they did, you know, they didn't have most of them were were directed by you know in the Shark Attack movies. There's another one as well. The yeah, um, they're all, all yeah. they're all basically made by their own sort of team, the, the sort of stable of people they've worked with. Uh, uh, regularly and Toby Hooper's kind of like another thing and it doesn't have like although the setup kind of harkens back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre you know because he kind of basically started all this to an extent he was one in the one of the proto sort of slashes um, it doesn't have uh, enough particular flair I would say to mark it out as a particularly sort of unique film it could it feels like it could have been directed by anyone which is a shame um yeah but you know because so you don't feel you you don't feel you're getting a lot for your you know you're getting much out of the fact that it was toby hooper i don't know um but still it's solidly made there's some good there's some good uh, say effective bits the the characters are really not very likable which is mm -hmm. problematic to a degree um harrison young is in in it, it um most people won't have heard of him, but he was his most high profile role was probably playing the old Private Ryan from Saving Private Ryan. Right. He appears at the end of the movie, yeah. um, uh, and he's he's done various other things. Unfortunately, he died in two thousand five, which I didn't realise. But he's he'd also he's also appeared in films like House of a Thousand Corpses, and um, 
there was a, a Korean monster movie called Reptilian, uh, which he was in as well, uh, which uh, which is the film I mainly know because that was quite a big role for him in that. And uh, mm. that's a bit of a messy film, but I've I've got a bit of a, a soft spot for it anyway. So he was he, he he's he's a character actor who's been around been around all over the place, and I like seeing him in this. Uh, and he's probably the closest thing to sort of a, a name. I mean, the guys they go to see the the crocodile farm or the alligator mm. farm, I should say. Mm. Um, guys whatever and uh even those characters you know they it made me think of something like you know like ticks you know you got the bad yeah, guys yeah, yeah. How, and stuff. how it's a similar kind of thing but ticks just has so much more flair and you mm. know stuff going for it i think than than this this is just sort of very routine and i think if you're a if you're a toby hooper sort of completist definitely you know worth seeing I think if you if you if you like slasher movies and creature features and whatever, uh, and, you know, and you like the Lake Placids and all that sort of stuff, then mm. I think you you enjoy it. But I think it's just a bit bland overall, generally. I yeah, I agree. It's got a very soft, flat look to it. Um, that's for sure. And as I said, you know, the, the cast, so the main cast of, sort of Spring Breakers, don't really do a lot apart from annoy you for a lot of the film. I was quite surprised at the structure of the film. Now, a lot of films like this would start immediately with a kill, mm. just to sort of um, yeah. wet your appetite and let you know what you get, what you get, you're getting yourself in for, and what what the main cast are going to be up against later on. You know, but but this one it doesn't. It just starts with some very sort of bland titles, and just sort of slowly lets it sort of pick up with the, with the main cast. And it's only later on we, we see what happens to a couple of side characters who, who you know, that bit could have been right at the start of the film, but it, it, it's sort of left later on. Um, and, and it sort of teases you for ages, you know, with like croc cam and all this sort of stuff, you know, think, oh, there's something something in the in the water, you know, all this sort of stuff. It's, you know, you're expecting something to happen and you get a lot of false scares and red herrings and stuff. So that by the time something actually does happen, you know, you, you've already passed the point of going, oh, is something going to happen? So it, it does catch you off guard because it is such an innocuous moment. You know, there's no build-up to it. It's just like, whoomph, and it's done sort of thing. And you go, shit, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, now you know how, how, how the film's playing. Um, but yeah, so, so I was quite surprised at that sort of um, yeah unconventional sort of style of um, kicking off this kind of film. And I was quite impressed with the you know there's a couple of set pieces like the, you know the, the the houseboat thing gets destroyed, and then the whole bit at the um, the I don't know sort of gas station is it the the, the sort of rest yeah. stop or whatever. They end yeah. up at and it gets totally demolished and set on fire and blown up and everything. I thought. Good on them, you know. I thought that was uh, above and beyond what what I was expecting for for a film like this, and and then the um, the conclusion, which uh, again very unconventional, um, but at the same time kind of true to the film itself. In that, you know, there's no way these guys are equipped to kill this thing at any yeah. point during the film. So, yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I was, uh, again, so I was quite quite amused by that ending. Um, Perhaps setting up a sequel. Who knows? Uh, I guess one didn't happen because they're not going <laughs> to start twenty-three years later. 
Odyssey. Yeah, the, the sequel is like in name only, basically. Yeah. I think the um, the second one was a very different sort of sell. It's not the worst. It's it's not the best crocodile movie I've seen. Uh, I think I prefer the sequel. Rogue. Do see the sequel? I'd say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think Rogue is at the top of my list of croc movies. But, um, yeah, it's certainly not the worst, and I, I was pleasantly surprised by what it managed to pull off. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was looking at um, I was looking at the uh, Toby Hooper's you know uh, filmography, mm-hmm. and I think it was around. So he did prior to this, he hadn't made a film, a feature film, mm-hmm. since 1995's The Mangler, which uh, oh, wasn't yeah. received very well. Films, I think, yeah. and or, or the, the film prior to that was Night Terrors, which he did for Euron Globus, I think, or for mm-hmm. or for one of the um, uh, possibly for uh, for golden or globus i think he did that one as well um that was 93 so he had a he had a couple of films that weren't big big hits and he was working mainly in television uh, even from the from the 80s after you know after texas chainsaw massacre 2 that was canon wasn't it texas mm, chainsaw 2 yeah it was did enjoy and, that uh, one. He did a few. He did spontaneous combustion, but he he actually d- he didn't make as many films as I, or what you know you think of the name, you think oh he must have made tons of films. He actually hadn't really. Um, he'd say he did a huge amount of television work, and then say sort of peppered is, uh, you know these films are kind of peppered in. So I think the chance to do a feature film, you know, they probably didn't come along very often for him, which is quite. I'm a shame. And he ended up doing like films like, you know, a few years after this toolbox murderer, toolbox murders, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, mortuary. And then there was one called gin in 2013. And that was it because uh, he passed away just a few years later. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's, um, which I had to say, I haven't, I don't think I've seen that one. I don't think I know much about that one either, to be honest, but the, I think I saw, I think I did might have seen toolbox, but yeah, I mean, I think, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's not Poltergeist. It's not Texas Chainsaw. You know, it's but not it, even it, it, Life Force. <laughs> it's no, no Life Force is a good fun movie. I mean, that's 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 all over the place. That film that's got Patrick oh, yeah. Stewart. <clears> that's nice in London. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's a, that's that's a pretty interesting film. Um, yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, give it a look. It's it's not amazing, but it's all right. It's not amazing, but it's it's surprising. So there you go. Uh, it's available on um, Amazon Prime. So go check it out. And that's the end of this week's show. So thanks to Steve and Rich, as usual, for joining me talking about these interesting films. All right. No problem. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, cool stuff. Uh, don't forget to check out the, um, the footnotes where you'll find the trailers and the short shot. Uh, for this week's episode um, don't forget also to check us out on uh, twitter and facebook at the dtv digest and also the short shots uh, which has got its new new shiny logo um, where we put a uh, short film every evening around about eight o'clock thank you for listening tune in next time to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.